0: Hosts Elle and Miriam are two Black homeschooling moms embarking on a self-defining journey. Listen in on conversations that will encourage you to be your authentic self while uplifting your spirit and motivating your inherent potential. They're defining what culture is for their families and want you to do the same. Bring your children along too so they can meet the cleverly cultured kids. They're all for teaching the babies while they're young, adapting to the challenges of parenting, homeschooling, and being willing to learn the lessons that the children have to offer. It's all about uplifting one another and reclaiming your innate greatness. Did you know that the continent of Africa is one of the most diverse places on earth and there are more than 1,500 languages spoken there? Today's African proverb is wisdom is like the baobab tree. No one individual can embrace it. And that is a Guinean proverb. Mm -hmm. It's now time for the word of the episode. Fera means money in Swahili. much for being willing to join us. Why do you like to read Maya?
1: Well when I was little I always had like a book around me. Um, I remember taking books out of my mom and dad's bookshelf and always looking at the prettiest one. Um, I normally flip to like the middle of the book and so I had no context but I think that's what originally made me love to read. Because I could just open something up and I could be in a completely different world or learn something new about the world.
0: What type of books do you like?
1: Uh, it depends. Right now I like educational books, um, but when I was like seven or eight, I used to be really invested into fantasy books. I would always check them out from the local library and like there was like 21 of them every time and I... We normally had to, like, pay for those due fees.
0: <laughs> the library fees? <laughs>
1: is that what they're called? Oops. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yes.
1: <laughs> That's fine.
0: What is your favorite book of all time?
1: I am not sure. I think it might be Life of Pi because it, I think it's a very interesting story, especially if you read the first part. Um, but the book that I've enjoyed reading the most has probably been hmm, The Candy Makers or Velocity, which are pretty good children's books.
0: Can you tell us what Life of Pie is about?
1: Life of Pie is about this boy that gets stranded in the middle of the ocean because, like, a boat that he's on gets, like, shipwrecked. And he has to survive in the middle of the ocean with a bunch of animals on his life raft. And it's pretty interesting. Um, He lives.
0: Can you give us a little taste of what Velocity is about?
1: I barely mentioned Velocity. Um, Velocity is about these two girls who, like, really want to get to this... um, racing tournament uh and they work towards it by like um enlisting in a bunch of different races but their uh like sponsor rips them off which is unfortunate
0: interesting so <laughs> which book have you read that you like the least
1: um either you know it's probably Moby Dick. I, it was very long and arduous and I never finished it because it was annoying to read. I had to mentally translate. It, it wasn't worth it. Uh. Uh-uh.
0: So, which book would you recommend others read?
1: I would really recommend people read Little Soldiers. It's a very good book about, uh, the Chinese, like, education system where, um, This lady who grew up in America and later moved to China um, puts her son in the Chinese education system and she talks about like her um, grievances at first and how she eventually learns to tolerate it, things like the testing that they do, etc.
0: Wow, I haven't read that one and so I think just based on your recommendation, I might Uh, find some time and read it thanks so much for sharing what books are you reading for school
1: currently I'm reading to kill a mockingbird um it's interesting so far uh like last month we were reading to the giver and so yeah we're reading all the classics basically
0: and what are some others that you've read
1: um the adventures of tom sawyer uh, the Witch of Blackbird Pond, that kind of, that sort of stuff.
0: And you read the autobiography of Frederick Douglass too? Mm-hmm. Okay. So, out of all the books that you've been assigned to read at school, which one do you think has had the greatest impact on you?
1: Like, it, it taught me something? Hmm. I don't know i think the whole idea of you know reading a book for school kind of takes the emotional stuff out of it but i will say something that did impact me to some degree is the giver i think that's just because of the nature of you know the whole memories stuff going on but i read it before we were assigned it and so i'm not sure if that counts
0: when you say the memory stuff going on, can you kind of explain what you mean?
1: So the giver is the only person in the the giver's society um, that actually can see memories of the past and, you know, have memories besides, like, the uh, community that they're living in. And so because their society is heavily sheltered and, um, well, sterilized, um, they don't really know about things like love, and color, and war, and those are things that we're very familiar with. One of the things that really impacted me was, um, the receiver's memory of, uh, a Christmas time, and it was very vividly described, and I, when I first read it, I cried. Because, you know, it was just that nice and interesting.
0: Wow, that's pretty touching. That it made you feel that strong enough emotion that you actually cried. Wow. Do you have a favorite book character? Maybe from a book you read recently or a book you read when you were younger?
1: I don't know. Um, I liked Pi and Life of Pi because... I thought that the way he, like, adapted to his situation was very interesting. But a lot of the books that I read aren't necessarily character-focused. I can't necessarily point to one individual character that I liked because I don't tend to remember them. And so...
0: I remember you and your sister when she was younger, when both of you were younger, we would go to the library and check out tons and tons of books. And I know that she used to get a lot of the Geronimo Stilton books. Oh yeah. So did you read any books in that series too?
1: Yes, of course. I kind of read them by proxy. Um, they're pretty good. I kind of liked the, uh, like what font styling that they used because with their adjectives, they do, like, this funny little font, like, for cheese. They have, like, the word cheese with holes in it. And it's not, like, just Boring Times New Roman. And so I think that's fun for kids' books.
0: I know that uh, when it comes to characters, there's, like, different series that are really popular for kids, like Dork Diaries. Were you into that or no?
1: No. I was never into Dork Diaries. Uh Out of all the people who read Harry Potter, I only read it when I was, like, what, 11? It's okay. Um, But, like, I was never really into that sort of stuff. When I used to go to the library a lot, I was heavily in my fantasy phase. And so I would not pick up a book unless it was fantasy or sci-fi. And so the Dork Diaries and the Babysitter's Club really didn't interest me because they didn't really fit the bill.
0: Okay. All right. So you've read a lot of books over the years, and I mean tons. (laughs) I'm still trying to catch up, but I'm wondering, out of all of the books that you've read, what is the thickest book that you've read?
1: Uh, Little Women. It's like, 650 700 I really don't know um pages and I think that's just because of its size it's a very square book and very short like maybe five inches tall or less and so that's why there's so many pages
0: so little women is a classic they recently remade a movie about it mm-hmm Do you think it deserves to be a classic? And if so, why?
1: Yes, I feel like it's like the quintessential family book and that's quite a wide claim. But um, it it tells a really interesting story about family and love and to an extent romantic relationships which is not necessarily my cup of tea but I think they handled it nicely because I didn't put the book down. I, it was very compelling and interesting and I like the March family.
0: Awesome. Awesome. So it's been great to just listen to you talk about the books that you've read. And I know that you have just a knack for words. Do you think in the future you'd be interested in writing your own book someday?
1: Uh maybe. I do have a lot of stories that I, like, will depict occasionally, um, but not necessarily in writing. I do not believe writing is my strong suit, and so if I either, like, become more confident about my writing abilities or, like, find some time, I might write a book later, but that's probably in the distant future, so don't be looking out for it this year. (laughs)
0: <laughs> all right well thanks so much for just making the time to talk to us it has been great to hear your take on reading and do you have another book on your radar do you know what your next book is going to be
1: Hmm. Ah. Uh, yes um another book that i got for christmas besides little soldiers is Glimmer of Hope by the founders of March for Our Lives, and although I was not originally jazzed about it because it's about a school shooting and I I don't really read violent books or things that talk about violence, um, I am going to read it because it it seems like a story, well, not a story, uh, like something that I should read okay it seems important
0: well that seems very mature like a mature thought because it could be a heavy subject it sounds like a heavy subject to me but it's something that you're still interested in knowing because of the timing of it Mm -hmm. just the life and times that we're living in it probably will add value to your life and so you're willing to give it a try
1: yes i that's kind of why I chose Little Soldiers first, because I did not want to read Glimmer of Hope. But, uh, you know, you got to get through it sometime. And it's important to know about things that you may not always be interested in.
0: So, yeah. All right. Is there anything you would tell a parent who wants their child to be a good reader? are a child who's interested in reading any tip you would give an adult
1: uh just let them be guided by their interests um when i was little obviously i really liked fantasy and my mother was kind enough to allow me to uh like read loads and heaps of it and i feel like that allowed me to tell better stories and so if you allow children to like read what they're interested in whatever that may be i feel like it will enrich them but also of course you gotta get those educational books in because not only do you need to be knowing about how people like tell morals and um like make parallels with the real world in fiction but also in nonfiction. so yeah
0: all right well that's all folks thanks so much for listening to this Episode of Cleverly Cultured Kids. Bye now. Bye! Today we're going to talk about how to teach your children to read. And this lesson is for young children, like ages three to five. Very early on as a mom, I realized that literacy was very important to me. And so I wanted to share my love of books with my daughters. So as my children were growing, I always had a book close by to share different adventures with them. I wanted my children to explore the world beyond through reading books. So as babies, I read to them often, even while they were infants. They listened and looked at the pictures. I would describe each picture in detail while they laid in their crib. At the age of one, they learned their phonetics and they remembered a few words. And at the age of two, they were able to read a little bit better. And when they were three, they could read short books completely on their own. So how did we make that happen? Here's the thing, if you are a reader, it will be easier for you to teach your kids to read if you make learning fun and you sound out words while they're very young. So while my children were bathing, we would often go over the alphabets and we would sing the alphabet song along with the alphabet sounds. And even when I was reading, I would hold my finger and guide it along each word and make different sounds. So you want to point out words all around you, everywhere you go. So we would take a walk every day and as we walked down the street, there were different signs with words on them. So, let's say, for instance, we came by the stop sign and we would see the word stop. So, we would say S-T-O-P stop. And we would say S-T makes the st sound. O-P makes the op sound. Stop. Up, and we would put them together so if you're trying to teach your kids how to read you can do that wherever you are another thing that we did was we would show excitement when we encountered a new word so if we were at a store and we happened to see a word so I would take my kids on field trips to the grocery store And while at the grocery store in the produce section, most of the groceries and the produce are labeled. So I would sound out the words in the grocery store and I would show them apples, oranges, bananas. So they were constantly seeing these different words. And then at home, I would label different things around the house. Now, when they were really little, I labeled them in English and Spanish because I wanted them to be familiar seeing another language as well. I can't say that I stuck with the Spanish because it was a little bit more difficult for me because it wasn't a language that I spoke all the time, but that's what I did in their early years. And I had English and Spanish toys that will also say different words, different colors, different shapes and things like that, to expose them to those languages. So another tip if you're trying to teach your kids how to read is read creatively. So this is the time to put on your drama hat, to act, to be silly, to have fun with it. So here's an example. When I would cook, I would show my kids the recipes and I would read aloud the ingredients that I was about to use and I would show them the words. I would also show them the words whenever I did anything. So if I was using olive oil, I would show them that the bottle said olive oil. If I was washing their hair, I would show them that the bottle said shampoo. If I was putting on lotion, if I was rubbing lotion on them, I would say this is lotion and I would show them the word lotion on the bottle. If it was a magazine that we were looking, if we were looking at TV, I would make sure they were engaging with words. And so I also downloaded different apps on the iPad so that they could see words through games and have fun with them. And we had puzzles that could make words. They were like kind of the material of board books. They were really heavy-duty puzzles that would... When you put them together, they would be, they would make a word. And I distinctly remember there was one puzzle that when you put it together, it made the word cake. And I noticed that all of the puzzles were in great condition, except for the one that said cake. The one that said cake had a little bite out of it. And I realized that my kids, when they were really little, one of them was like, oh, it's cake. Let me taste it. So definitely, you know, sometimes when they're really little, they will take those words literally. But have fun. And explore the words. I know that growing up, when I was learning how to read, my family had magnetic letters that they would put on the refrigerator. And so when I had my kids and they were small, we also got them magnetic letters. Leapfrog makes an amazing letter set. And what I loved about it is The letter set when it had batteries, it would talk. So if you put each letter in the word of the word correctly. So they have different sets. I think the there's one that's three letter, one that's four letter, and kids can make words and put the magnetic letters in there. And then it would say dog. So we used those sets, those different learning toys to reinforce messages that we were already teaching about reading. And my kids absolutely loved it. It was one of their favorite toys. And I would say we introduced that when they were around one or two. And so by three, they were making their own words and just having fun with them. So explore words in their environment. So if you are taking a walk, like I just mentioned earlier, talk about the different words. So if you're taking a walk and you see grass, talk about the grass. Talk about how you spell grass, what grass looks like. Take take a piece of that grass and pick it up pull it out of the ground and let them touch it. Because the more senses that they are using and that they are engaging with, the more likely they are to remember those words. And so for me, these early years were some of my favorite times homeschooling my daughters because we just had so much fun exploring different words. The next thing that you can do is, while you're outside, use nature to write different words. So if you are out on the pavement, use chalk. They make sidewalk chalk, and you can write words. I remember being in our driveway and writing out the alphabet and writing words. I would ask my kids, How many words can you think of that begin with the letter A? So some of those words I would write as actual words. Sometimes I would draw the pictures and we would hop from word to word. So you can make it fun. You can make your own games out of words and... Just make sure that you're giving them opportunity to kind of match those words. So let's say you write apple on one side of your driveway and then you draw an apple on the other side. You can allow them to match those words or you can um, just write out, you know, some of the alphabets and then have them match What word starts with a letter? So let's say you make a ball on one side and you have, you know, your alphabet on the other side. So they have to walk from the letter B to the ball and like the letter C to um, a car that you draw or something. Just be creative with it. The next thing I want to share with you that really helps early readers is to read to them daily. I loved reading children's books. So now I am a children's book author because I just, I love children's books so much. I love the illustrations. I love the words, the simplicity of it. I love the cadence of reading out loud. And that is really something that I gifted to my kids, where when we would read together, we made it such an enjoyable time. My kids can see that I loved it just as much as they were loving it. So I let my kids choose two books each when we would have reading time together. And so they weren't really long books because if you read books like Dr. Seuss Oh the places they'll go, that's a really long book. So if they were choosing one of those, we would read just one. But if they were choosing um, like an Eric Carle book, we would choose two books. So Eric Carle made books like Brown Bear, Brown Bear, Where Did You Go?, um, the Caterpillar book. He has so many books, but my kids' favorite Eric Carl books was Pancakes, Pancakes, and Papa, Please Get the Moon for Me. So if you're not familiar with that book, with those two books, I'll definitely try to find um, the book and put it in the show notes so that you can hear that book too. It's a beautiful story and I loved reading it to my kids, but definitely read to them and give them a chance to read to you. So while you're reading at certain times, just stop and let your child pick out the word that you said. So ask questions about what they've read. The next thing that we did was when we played games, I would give my children an opportunity to tell me how to play the game. And I would show them the words from the instructions or as they got older, I let them read the instructions to me and teach me new games. I also let them type their names on different things. So like a computer or an iPad or a phone, I let them learn the letters of their names and get familiar with saying them and typing them. I also would get a little shoe box or a photo box. So I actually went to Michael's and I got a photo box and I put salt on the inside. And I let them draw their names with their finger with the salt. And so you can really be creative with it. But give your child a chance to use sensory and different um, different tools. You can use like recycled materials. So let's say you're collecting toilet paper um, The insides of the toilet paper, the cardboard, and you can have your kids spell out their name with the little teepee, the cardboard toilet paper holders. You can use anything paper, but just give them an opportunity to create and use the different letters. You can play guess that letter game and use clothes or socks to make letters. It's not really about having something new or having the latest toy, you could really make anything fun and a learning experience. You could use, you know, spoons or different things you find in the kitchen. I feel like those are great tools to create and explore. Another thing that I did to really give my kids an opportunity to learn more about words was I would put down rolls of paper on the floor and I would tape it to the floor with painters tape and I would give them finger paint and I would let them paint different letters with their hands and so it was a time of a lot of fun my kids loved it another game that we played we would play guess that letter game but we would use it like it was I spy So if we were in the house and I had the labels around the house, I would say, I'm spotting a word and it starts with the letter E and somewhere there could have been like a toy elephant or something and they would go pick out the elephant. Or I would say, I spy the letter W. What am I seeing that begins with the letter W? and i could be talking about something like a window so you can use whatever you have even if it's not something tangible to play games and make up things so you can also use things like clay and play-doh those are great tools to get children to play and create their own letters. They can make their name, they can make a new word, just all kinds of things. The excitement and the imagination that children have at young ages is really limitless. And so enjoy them, let them explore, and designate times of reading. Give them opportunities to read and learn on their own. So if you have a quiet time in your day, let's say you're homeschooling your preschoolers, it is okay to have quiet time even if you only have preschoolers. And you can give them a book or a toy or let them pick out one or two things to play with. In that early time, you know, the minutes The quiet time, it doesn't have to be a lot of minutes. It can be like 10 minutes. You may, like if your kid isn't used to it, you can start with five minutes of quiet time and then increase it. So for my kids, I was able to do like 10 to 15 minutes of quiet time where they would just explore and play with certain toys or certain recyclable items and make things. And so during that time, it was when I would kind of eat or get something that um, I wanted to do because, you know, when you're taking care of kids, you're always thinking about their needs and sometimes you can forget to do things. So I would give them, um, have them in one room and I could see them. Like If I was in the kitchen, I could see my kids while they were in our playroom, and I could look over at them and see what they were doing, even though I was in another room. And so that gave them quiet time where they weren't necessarily playing with each other. They were just playing with themselves, but they were occupying themselves, and it was great. They learned how to self-soothe and how to be comfortable with themselves which i think is an important skill so the next thing that i used to do to teach my kids how to read was playing rhyming games yes we played a ton of games a lot of little kids games already have different reading components to them so like candy land you gotta read the cards Chutes and ladders really deals with numbers and pictures. So that is another helpful one. But yes, incorporate games and have fun. When we would ride bikes together, I would teach my kids how to spell their name while we were riding bikes. I would teach them their birthday, where we lived, and just other useful facts. And so if we were riding down our street, I could literally show them the street sign. And so that was one way that I really helped them explore that words and symbols go together. And so I took something that was kind of an intangible idea and made it tangible by using practical things that were all around us. So they have so many different reading tools now, probably more than they had when my kids were little because my kids are now 13. And I am so happy to report that they still love reading. A couple of episodes ago, I believe it was episode 67, I shared my story that my kids are now in school And for the first time ever, they have to take tests. And they're actually doing fairly well. And I think one of the reasons why they are doing well is because they're readers. That is innately a part of who they are now, because a lot of the tests and the things that they do all involve reading comprehension. And so if you give your kids an early start with reading and you help them love reading, you are helping to build lifelong readers and lifelong readers mean that your kids can learn anything in the world because almost everything there is a book about it and so you're really giving your child a gift if you help them build a strong foundation as a reader so How does reading develop in a child three to four years old? My children showed an early interest in learning to read. But even if your child hasn't shown an interest, you don't have to worry. Here are some of the developmental stages for children three to four years old. The child should be able to recognize and say familiar words such as the names of restaurants visited by the family often, street signs that he or she is familiar with, the names of their favorite cereal or snack. If you read the same books often, your child or children will start to recognize common words. Children should start recognizing and be introduced to rhyming words. And words that begin with the same sound. You can use a reading supplemental tool, kind of like the LeapFrog tag system. I don't know if they still make those, but if they do, I will put it in the show notes. Because it can actually give them games that are within the book that they can use with those toys, which are kind of like pins. But they read and they can play games, and help with reading comprehension. So how does reading develop in a child that is four to five years old? At this age, children should already understand that words have meanings. And they are not just a string of letters. Children should be able to tell you a story from their memory, children should be able to sound out simple words and put the sounds together to say the word. By five, most children should know their letters and sounds and their numbers from one to 10. Of course, this varies, but these are some of the typical milestones that you can work on. I think every child is different, but if you make learning fun, I think it'll be easier for them to reach these milestones. So that is pretty much how I taught my kids how to read and they have been reading ever since. If you are looking for an actual guide that has been written by educators and homeschool families have embraced. The book that I would recommend is Reading Without Tears. And I also would recommend going on YouTube and finding videos, phonics videos. So Hooked on Phonics has some incredible videos that are really timeless. So I encourage you to look at some of those and, there are some others so like Sesame Street has shows so just like we learned how to read it's really the same for this generation and so Hooked on Faunus eggs on YouTube and they have other great tools that you can find on there as well and so I will put some of these things in the show notes and if you have questions or you want to share with us how your child learned how to read, please let us know. You can find us on Instagram at Cleverly Changing podcasts. You can find us on Twitter at Cleverly Changing. That's without the G on the N. And on Facebook at Cleverly Changing and on Pinterest at Cleverly Changing. Again, we look forward to hearing from you. And please, if you heard anything in today's show that you think would be helpful for someone else, send them the link. Let them know about our podcast, The Cleverly Changing Podcast. And just communicate with your child and cherish the moments that you have with them right now. So I hope that you have enjoyed this episode. And I can't wait to talk to you again. All right. Bye now. Did you know that we sell merchandise to keep our podcast going? order a hoodie t-shirt mugs and more today visit cleverlychanging.com and click on the shop tab to place your order